Hi you guys, welcome to episode 19 of Vibing in Valentino. So my weekly weakness this week is a little bit different. I found an artist on YouTube and she's actually also on iTunes, but I found her song Amanda Bynes on YouTube first and then I went to the iTunes store and I found the rest of her music and she is so good. Her name is Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was forever ago. There was another artist named Natalie and she sang the song called Going Crazy and Energy, but I don't think it's the same girl. This Natalie, her music is to me, it reminds me of like the early albums of The Weeknd, but it's like a girl version. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, I feel like you guys are going to be hearing a lot of her music on my story. <laughs> my favorite song is Amanda Bynes, and it's about cocaine. <laughs> Get it? Because I mean, white girl, I guess. <laughs> but her Shameless EP is also really good. I have that in my phone right now. But yeah, Amanda Bynes is definitely a favorite song of mine right now so let's get on to our guest of the week she is super cool i can't wait for you guys to hear our conversation our guest this week was blogging before blogging was a thing her blog fashion lush has been around since 2008 and now fashion lush has over millions of followers she became so good at blogging, she created a business called BlogDo that helps aspiring bloggers create and design their blog. We're living in an age where aesthetics is everything, and she is the queen of aesthetics. It kind of makes sense considering she has a degree in fashion merchandising. Erica Stolman, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Thank you. What a nice intro. <laughs> you know what? When I was in college, and this was in, I think, 2013, I started my blog with blog deal. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. You to, that was a long time ago, but I totally remember you were one of our first clients. Yeah. And you know, that's that why my Instagram so handle is it, like, I never yes. changed my Instagram handle. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. You guys did such a good job. But my dumbass, I forgot the password to like renew the domain or something and my credit card expired. And so it was just went kaput. Like, oh my gosh, what? that happens. That happens. I wish I stuck with it though. I, oh, I, that's so funny. Isn't that crazy? And I was like, yeah, oh that God, is I love crazy. Blog too. You guys oh, are such a good you. job. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I it. it I, I would never would have been able to like do all that and code. And you do coding. Yes, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's like a weird, like kind of dorky passion of mine. I took IT in undergrad and I was so lost. But I was just like, you know what? The people who love to do this. It's like you guys speak your own language. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's it really is. So you started Fashion Lush before anybody ever thought that blogging or the blog world would become such a seriously lucrative industry give our listeners the rundown i started fashion lush i think i was in my senior year of college mm -hmm. and the like issue at the time is i had this old dell laptop and i remember very clearly not having anywhere to store all these photos of like mary kate nashville <laughs> like the outfit <laughs> And I was running out of space on my computer. So I was like, oh, I'll start a blog on Blogger uh -huh. and just post these photos for myself, basically. 
And then it started turning into like kind of talking about different projects I was doing in school. And it was like a total hobby. Like uh-huh. the, I was a hobby blogger. There was only like three other bloggers that were doing, starting to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one was making an income from this. Right. So, yeah. So then I graduated college and I went on to work as a social media coordinator for a couponing company Mm -hmm. and I was still blogging and I was doing at this point I started doing like a few more projects like DIY projects different how to braid your hair and posting a few of my outfit looks but it was still really a hobby um and then let's see then my best friend um Lauren she runs the skinny confidential Mm -hmm. who also runs blog do with me she started her blog and she went at it from like a totally different angle and she was like, you really should try to turn your blog into a business and yeah. like re- rebrand yourself, kind of start over. And I did and I started doing a lot more DIY projects on the blog and talked a lot more about fashion. And then I got laid off from my job. So they laid off my whole department mm-hmm. and I called Lauren and she was like, okay, so now like you should just see if you can make it being a blogger. Yeah. Make an income. She's yeah. like, give it like four months. And I was like, I'm so used to the idea of working in the corporate world because that's what both my parents did. Right. So I was like, oh, that's strange, but okay. So I was like, I'll give it three months if I can make a paycheck or maybe it was six months. I think it was six months. And if I can make a paycheck, I'll keep doing this. And within like a month or two, I booked like an ongoing collaboration with Forever 21. Oh my God, and so crazy. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. I did work at, I did have a side job for a while at like a clothing store in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Just like, because you aren't making a ton of money in the very beginning. So I had to hustle. But yeah, that's how I kind of started the whole blogging thing. See, a collaboration with Forever 21, wasn't it just like reaffirming that you're on the right path? Yeah, and I think it was like, it was reaffirming for me. I think it was really reaffirming for my parents. Because of Mm -hmm. course, they're like, you just went to four years of school and now you're working in a clothing store and blogging. And like, that's strange. They didn't really get it. But once like I started getting bigger and bigger jobs, they were like, okay, like yeah. this is, you know, a great thing. My dad still says, you know, we were so worried what you were going to do. And then blogging came a thing. So <laughs> I think blogging and, you know, Instagram now, and I think, I guess a podcast now, it's a new field of, I call it digital entrepreneurship, where yes. it's literally you're creating a business on your own. The product that you're selling is entertainment or for you, aesthetics and inspiration. It could be anything, you know? And it's such a new realm of business that nobody beyond our generation, older than our generation, will understand it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. My parents are the same way. They're like, you went to undergrad and grad school and now you're working from home and talking into a mic, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're a little concerned. But once, like, once they see that, like, it's working for you, they'll start to under. They'll start to try. I mean, my mom is now like always studying up on social media trends, which is amazing. She's so cute. Okay, we're gonna talk about her in a little bit. Her and Fashion Crush. I can't wait to get. 
Um, <laughs> you worked at a social media marketing firm before you started blogging full time. And from that job, what was your biggest kind of lesson or takeaway that prepared you for like the blogging world? Well, I think the first thing I learned, if we're being honest, is that I learned that working at a desk was just not for me. Like yeah. I hated it. Mm-hmm. It was not for me. I was very unhappy. But I also learned from that job the type of money that you can make in the influencer industry. So mm. we were a couponing company. It was like a social marketing firm and with a focus on this couponing company, which okay. is basically just a marketing thing within this, in itself. But mm-hmm. we worked with a lot of mommy bloggers and being on the back end, I could see what these mommy bloggers were making. Right. And so that's when like it got the wheels turning. Like you can really make a living from this. Yeah. I think that was a big takeaway from that job. Yeah. You can see that. Wow. This is really like you can pay off some real bills with this. Yeah. 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 You can make more than ends meet when I was seeing what these women were making. And that's crazy because it was in the early generations of like blogging too. I know. Do you think it was because it was less competition? Is that why they were making that much money? I think so. And it was so fresh and so new and Mm -hmm. like brands didn't really know how to navigate those kind of partnerships. And so there wasn't a lot of research into it. But these mommy bloggers in the beginning, like a lot of people don't remember that like the mommy bloggers were like the rage back when this started. Like the couponing like women who are blogging about we're just making a ton of money from it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, if you think about it, like 10 years ago, like $100 will get you a lot more than $100 will today. Yeah, yeah. If you could describe the fashionless blog and Instagram aesthetic in one sentence, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Let's see. I did look at these before, but I try to answer it like on the whim. Uh, Yeah, I Um, love that. Yeah, I like to answer on the whim. I would say... The aesthetic is minimal, but edgy and different. I really try to be different. Try to not do the like same thing everyone else is doing. Clean, too. Yeah, yeah. How do you plan out your content? Do you have a scheduling or like a hack that we could all use? So I, every night before I like wind down I write out like a detailed to do for the next day Mm -hmm. um and I write it just on the notes on my computer so I write out literally every single thing I have to do for the day and I also think that using google calendars on your phone and color coding everything and scheduling I like to put everything in my calendar as little as like you know I've got this blocked off and it's purple because this is fashionless related and then after this I've got an hour blocked off to take photos of my kitchen which is also purple because it's fashionless related and then you know my yoga class is green so I think that it's just like really visually having it all laid out I'm a stickler on schedules and prioritizing so Mm -hmm. that's what I do (laughs) yeah google I'm new to google calendar I started using it for um this podcast but before this I was like a big agenda whore like I, I had oh, my yeah. like little written planner with me everywhere <laughs> and my I, color I coding would be, be highlighters yes I used to be so like sh- like I'm never not going to use an agenda and then do once you still you use it phone, to this day no okay now I just use the phone maps but I like a while ago I remember I was like I'm never going to convert and now I've converted <laughs> you're like okay I made my way over to that side (laughs) then it's crazy because like half the people on Instagram now are so young they probably won't even know what an agenda is yeah right (laughs) how do they keep their lives together I will never get it and they're like they're so young they're so young to be like 
doing all of this. I can imagine being 19 trying to plan content. Oh my gosh. No, me neither. I'm very happy and grateful that like, I guess I would say I grew up in a time where this wasn't like everything. Me too. I think it would have made my mental health so much worse. Where do you get your content inspiration from? I get a lot of inspiration, I would just say, from Instagram. Mm -hmm. There's, like, so many fabulous content creators out there. It's, like, digital magazine every single day. Yeah. So, like, I used to read a lot of fashion magazines, but it's, like, you get all of that now in front of your face every single day, so. And I would say I get a lot of inspiration from the the early 2000s, mid-2000s. I'm very inspired by that generation, Um, and I'm glad because it seems like it's making a major comeback right now. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. I want my sidekick back. <laughs> oh my god! I wish. I wish I could get it bedazzled. Oh my god! Back in the day. Oh. I should have saved so it. Cute. I never knew that would be a relic of history. <laughs> Literally a time capsule. Yeah. <laughs> and your AOL AOL username. Oh, the good the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. What about content for your blog? Do you ever feel like you're gonna run out of things to talk about? Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I've been blogging consistently for, like, eight years now, and I'm at a point where I do feel like I have talked about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So I, at this point in my blogging, and also because my blog has now expanded into, of course, Instagram and Fashion Kush and presets and all these different ventures, I don't have, like, just the capacity to create daily content so for me with the blog it is really quality over quantity mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a shift but I also feel like there's a shift in blog readership so I'll never stop blogging because that don't bite the hand that fed you right. I do think less people are reading blogs so posting more fluff content Although back in the day, people would read whatever was on your blog. They were reading blogs every single day. Now you really have to create like some stellar blog content to get people to leave Instagram and go to your blog. So oh. I really, yeah, I really do keep the blog for just like really strong, heavy content pieces and home decor content and wedding stuff. So it's like, I would say five, six years ago, I would post an outfit post with eight photos of me in this outfit and like link the clothes and that would do really, really well. But that's what everyone does on Instagram now. So that type of content just is no longer successful on the blog. So it's just kind of, I would, my content on the blog to kind of what the audience is more receptive Mm. when it comes to outlet. Got it. So you've had to really kind of evolve your content. Yeah. It's like readership has changed the trends of what people are doing and all that content of like linking your outfit. You mm-hmm. can literally do all of that from Instagram. Right. So it's an evolution of the content over there. How many times have you evolved the look of your blog? I have evolved the look of my blog probably 10 times. I used to redesign my blog yearly. Mm-hmm. And that's because I could code a website, so I'd always be changing it. I have not changed my blog in like three years. And I personally am so happy with how it looks right now. I haven't felt the need to. Yeah. But it's something I've thought about. I mean, evolving the look of it to be more of like a media outlet versus like a typical blog. But I also like that typical blog look. So Mm -hmm. for now, I'm sticking with it. Um, I think it really like 
embodies my aesthetic and who I am, so I like it. But I do think that it's good to recreate and refresh until you find something you really love. Yeah. If it took you 10 times, then listen, listeners, <laughs> it took Erica yeah. 10 times to stick to one theme and it, that works for her. And it really does work. I would, yeah. like, it doesn't look dated. It doesn't look like it's from three years ago. Nothing, you know? So. Yeah. I'm very, like it's a timeless look and it's like clean and it, it, the content is really the focus and that's what I like. So yeah. Are you more so one of those people that start something and then, you know, kind of refine it later? Or do you wait until you have, like, a perfect execution and then do it? I am personally somebody who likes to have the perfect execution. I like to come out of the gate super happy with how everything mm. looks and how it functions. I don't like to make mistakes and fix later. Yeah. But I'm there's different thoughts on that. I, some people say, you know launch 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 and worry about the rest later i personally i want everything to be like cut out of the gates perfect so i think that's why you have such a good eye too well thank you yeah can you give our listeners a tip for finding and sticking to a certain theme on instagram like how does somebody find their look i'm a strong believer in like keeping your blinders on and not look left and right and like focus on just you but okay comes to your aesthetic and like figuring out what you like you have to look at what you visually like so mm -hmm. that does mean creating a mood board or like save one photo a day that you really like and then go to that saved folder on instagram and look at it as a whole like look at that as a oh. whole like what are you saving and then you kind of get a vision i also think like color blocking i like to color block so if you are wearing pink and green you kind of tie in pink and green to your feed for like a week and then like uh -huh. maybe blue pops into a picture and you kind of transition into like a blue theme and that's something I like to do oh um, my god I love but that I, but I also think all of that being said is what really does well is just posting real content and not everything has to be perfect I mean there's sometimes I struggle like should I post this it doesn't really match my feed but I'm trying to let go of that a little because I think that is something that will hinder you is being too much of a stickler yeah i have a very like ocd personality and there are times i'll be like three hours like should i post this should i not post this should i post it? and then maybe i won't post it maybe it'll never get posted because then yeah. it kind of lost the moment and then you know so i think that's something that i'm actually trying to work on and i think the feeds that i like the most it appears to me that they don't do that that they just post what they want to post when they want to post it because I think that, like, the overall, yes, a pretty feed is, like, a great thing, but I think you can find a happy medium because, you know, there's a lot of, you want to use that good content. You have your own presets, right? Yes. So, explain to us uh, the difference between a preset and, like, a filter. You did a blog post on this. Yeah, so mm -hmm. filters are like iPhone or phone apps only, mm -hmm. but presets are from Lightroom, and so you can use them with the Lightroom app. Okay. or Lightroom on your desktop. And it's just a more customized way of editing your photos. I, like, as mentioned, I'm super into aesthetics and a little mm -hmm. OCD. And, like, editing photos has turned out to be one of, like, my more favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, just to, like, adjust the colors and get everything perfect. So Lightroom just gives you a little bit more control. And you can do it from an app on your phone, too. So I love a coherent feed so much, and I think that's why I love your blog and your feed so much. But, okay, if I take pictures, right, in different lighting, 
the preset doesn't look the same. That's really easy to fix. It's just to adjust the white balance. So a lot of people, that's the thing with presets, they're so customizable because they're always needs to be adjusting because different lights, different, I mean, if you're shooting with cameras versus iPhone, different cameras, different lenses, and it all, that's all affected with presets. So typically the easiest thing is you just adjust the white balance, which is like a little slider that has blue on one side and like orange on the other. And it's just kind of adjusting the light. So if you typically set it to auto, it Mm -hmm. should correct the issue. Oh, uh... Okay, so Lightroom is one of your favorite editing apps, I'm sure. Lightroom is my favorite, yeah. Do you I love Lightroom. Any other any other apps? Um I like go We'll just give you one that I just downloaded. It's called Dazcam. Dazcam. D A Z. D A Z Z. Uh-huh. And it's like a really good emulator of film. So it's the best oh. that I've ever- I also like the Cooney app. It's K-U-N-I, and that's just for adding like a little date stamp on your photo if you want. Um, but I do do most of my editing on Lightroom. Snapseed's a good app if you like. It's I would say it's like like a little more advanced than Visco Cam, but a little less than Lightroom. How do you pick and choose angles on your picture? Zach, so my fiance, he's a photographer. And he's also worked with me for years, and so he knows what angles I like. But, like, as far as angles go, it's really up to him. But I will, like, sometimes if I don't think he's getting the right angle, we'll switch spots. Mm-hmm. And I'll take the photo of him, and I'll tell him, like, this is how I think it should be framed. Yeah. So I just, like, show him kind of exactly what I want. But a lot of times I also tell him just be creative, and those are the photos I like the most. Yeah, I mean, a straight-on angle on every picture is just going to look boring. Yeah, you got to mix it up. I always think there's, like, the rule of three when it comes to taking photos. So mm-hmm. it's a full body, a half body, and a detail shot. You need to, like, nail all Ooh. three of those. I love that. I love that. I need, to, that I need to write a, a post on that. See, I just got an idea for a blog post. I need to write yes, a post on that, yes. the rule of Can three. Can please? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's how I get a lot of my post ideas now. Somebody asks me something or we're talking about something. I'm like, oh, that's a good post. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, to me, like, this is something I've been doing for so many years. So you kind of forget that, like, to someone who might be starting out, this would be really helpful information. So Yeah, like, it's just something you just know and you do automatically. After years of doing it, you kind of get a routine of photo Mm -hmm. taking. (laughs) So walk us through the process of a single IG post. Like, how long does it take for you from start to finish, like from conceptualizing all the way until posting. So if I, like in a perfect world, I would wish that I was one of those people that would just would like post and like throw a filter on it and just post it and be done yeah. with my day. But that's, <laughs> I'm too much of a perfectionist for that. So Zach and I will typically go out. And I also, I like to live in the moment. That's something that a lot of people don't do with Instagram mm-hmm. is they go do something cool, like go to a festival, and then they spend all their time on their phone editing photos to post from the festival when they're missing the whole festival. So I think that I really do try to be present when I'm in a moment, so I don't really edit like on the go. Um, Zach and I will go out like on a Sunday, or sometimes we'll go out when he's off work and we'll shoot like two or three looks, Mm -hmm. and then I go home and I edit them, and I typically will edit all of them. Okay. Which takes a ton of time, but I want to edit all, all of them because I want to lay it out and see how it looks best. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times I post in the moment with them if I'm like at home and just chilling and I take a mirror selfie, but for most of my outfit posts, I'll edit that night and then I'll post the next day. 
Got it. So do you prefer to edit it on the computer then with the Lightroom? Yes. Or? Okay. I prefer to edit on the computer, but I'm old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> when I work on a computer versus on my phone, it feels like I have my shit together more and it makes me yeah. a little bit more detailed in things I do. Yeah, same. So. And it's just like a little bit more, it's a little less stressful. Like, you know, for me, I'm always battling 1%. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just rather be on my computer. More control. Also worry about the low power or the low battery. Oh my God, the low battery is the story of my life. I call my external battery my umbilical cord. It's like my life force. It's attached to you. It's attached to me. <laughs> it's like I'm on a landline again. <laughs> You're literally. You see Erica sitting by the plug on her floor. Yeah. Hey I'm on a landline. <laughs> what is the biggest advice you could have for? aspiring bloggers or content creators really what i said earlier is to put your blinders on i i yeah. do think you can get inspiration from other people but if you play the comparison game too much it's going to hinder you i've been there i've been through many phases of blogging and a lot of you know in the earlier stages a lot of those phases were okay this person's doing it and it's working for them let me try that you know equation and then mm -hmm. learning that that doesn't work for me and like really what only works for me is doing what feels true to me and I think that that's the best piece of advice I have is to just post what feels true to you and yeah. your audience will relate versus doing what other people are doing because then you're making yourself a small fish in a big pond yeah and it takes a while for you to really find what works for you yeah it really does it's taking yeah. like a year you know new content creators I think the problem is that they are so used to like instant gratification yeah they're afraid to kind of evolve or they're afraid to stick through it when the times get hard yeah i agree yeah. and the times will get hard i mean i've been doing this for eight years and right now my engagement took a huge plummet so the times do get hard and why did my engagement take a plummet it seems that it's all leading to all these changes in the algorithm which is yeah. just terrible and it sucks but i'll work hard to bring my engagement back up yeah <laughs> the best you can do i mean especially with all these changes in this platform that this is a platform that so many of us depend on and they mm -hmm. keep changing it and changing it and changing it and it's affecting everyone's livelihood you really have to be able to evolve and adapt and stick through i mean there are bloggers influencers out there that have and i kid you not 14 million and they're getting 200 comments because these changes in the algorithm is affecting it's affecting mainly these larger influencers yeah what do you think about them taking away the likes? Because I know that was a thing. Mm, I think, like, my opinions on that, first of all, they're claiming that they're doing that for the sake of mental health of young generations, but that's not valid. They're, like, for me, my opinion is Instagram is doing that because Instagram is a platform that also needs to make money, and right now the money on Instagram is going towards influencers and not to Instagram. Yeah. So hiding likes takes away brands' ability to see how well people perform. Yeah. And with that, people brands might be more inclined to go to Instagram to run their ads versus individual influencers, and I think that's Instagram's end goal with that, for brands to come straight to them versus going to influencers. So, like, yeah. they want, they're trying to encourage more people to push ads through Facebook to Instagram, through Instagram, right. like, they're trying to encourage more advertising through them directly. Yeah, um, that's true. And they're just, you know, I, I, I don't, I think everyone's going to freak out when it happens and everyone will get used to it and brands will still be able to just ask influencers, can you send me your likes? Yeah. So it's not going to be a huge effect, but I do think that the motives behind it aren't quite what Instagram 
is claiming yeah. to protect mental health. Yeah, I mean, I think that was that seems like an easy cop out. <laughs> yeah, and it's not going to change much mental health wise because people can still see their likes and right. you know they can know whether you know they're right. performing up to their standards or not. So right, I mean, the biggest thing about Instagram and mental health, I think, is just everybody looks fucking perfect on yeah, Instagram. Which is- a huge issue with Instagram. I mean, everyone, it's everyone's highlight reel. And I think right. that it's important to show your audience that your life is not perfect because it's just unrealistic to me. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. and I noticed the accounts that I like to follow aren't the people who are like in Bali one week and Italy the next. The accounts I like to follow are like more real and honest. Now that it is your hustle, your full time hustle. What has been the hardest part about it? I mean, the hardest part about it is really, like, I think this idea of, like, keeping up with the Joneses on this Instagram social media world. There's just so much, like, you have to compare yourself to. And no matter how much you do keep your blinders on, it's still going to affect you. And I think it's just, it's a challenge to find the balance between real life and social media. So I think that it's a challenge that's very important that you do find, but it is a challenge. Yeah, I can so see that, especially for you and, you know, like Lauren and all the bigger, like Rumi, you know what I mean? Like the big influencers. I feel like there's so much pressure on you guys to like be both real, but also perfect. Yeah, and then there's the pressure to always be on. You know, like, you always have to be just on your A-game. Yeah. And that's not me. Like, I'm not, you know, makeup eight days, a, seven, eight days a week. Eight days seven, a week. Eight days a week. <laughs> Basically, that's what you're expected to have makeup on eight days a week. Like, <laughs> and look perfect. And that's just not me. And yeah. so that's who I am. And I try to share that. And I think that's important to share as well. I mean, you can't be perfect all the time. Yeah. Like, it's not realistic. You just want to walk around in sweats. And, yeah, like yeah. five out of seven. <laughs> like five out of seven. Two days yeah. are for your content creation days when you shoot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're just expected to present your best self. Like, yeah, all the time. You know, all the time. And, like, I've been out in public and I made the mistake of getting fashionless on my license plate. But, you know, no. like, no. when I remember, that was, like, the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Top ten like mistakes is I got put bachelor, <laughs> and I've had people notice that by my car. Yeah, for and sure. And it'll be the day that like I'm not wearing makeup and I don't have my eyebrows on and my hair is in a bun <laughs> with like dreadlocks out the back, and that's not exactly the day that like I want someone. To, you know, I love when like, people come up and say hi. <laughs> no, I love that, but like when you look like shit, you're just like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Not today. <laughs> I need to change my license plate. But it's cute. It was cute for an Instagram. Oh, for post. sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> what do you think the biggest differences that you see between the pioneers of blogging, like you and just the handful of people that started way back when versus the current generation? The biggest difference I see is the current generation is they don't look at the big picture a lot so they can grow mm. viral on Instagram very quickly, but they don't they are focusing just on Instagram or they're just liking that instant gratification of, you know, being popular on Instagram. And I think that bloggers who started 10 years ago went into it with more of like a, 
business aspect of like running a blog and using the mm-hmm. Instagram to promote the blog, but their focus yeah. wasn't just one network. So I think that now they put all their eggs in one basket and mm. really need to diversify. I mean, some of them do YouTube and Instagram, which I think is really, really smart. Yeah. Um, but for the younger generation who are just on Instagram and using that as like their one source of income, I think that's just a huge mistake when you grow a following. You should take that following to other avenues with you. Just yeah. in case Instagram crashes, you still have your audience elsewhere. Yeah. I, I keep hearing this so much more now from not just you, but I, t- I talked to the hot brunette, Alyssa. Alyssa, we've been yeah, to high Alyssa. school together. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Yeah, oh we've god. been good friends for years. Her episode came out last week, it was on branding, but she said the same thing, kind of, that you can't rely on Instagram because, you know, it's an app that's already shown itself to be very iffy and very quick to change in the way it functions. Yeah, it's just not like it's not a smart move. Of course, Instagram should be your focus because right now Instagram is where brands are looking to promote their content. Mm -hmm. But you even if you don't get like a ton of even if you get more attention on Instagram than you do on YouTube, or your blog, you shouldn't abandon that because if it does crash, where are people going to go to find you? Right. You know, right. So let's talk about the misconceptions people have about influencers and bloggers you did a post and i love this post by the way it was about an ice cream man who said he would charge influencers double the price if they asked for free shit why do you think there's so much hate so i am passionate about this subject because a this particular situation with the ice cream man just got me heated Mm -hmm. and b you do see it a lot there incident um a while ago with a girl who reached out to a hotel and he posted her email requesting like i don't even think she requested a free stay she requested like a a rate in -hmm. exchange for coverage i think that and the person who posted was also a middle-aged man so i don't know if this is i'm not being sexist at all but i'm there is a lot in this industry just like the ice cream man of men who like hate girls who are influencers and i think a reason for that is because Maybe they know that this is a really lucrative thing that women are killing it at. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation of gender um, and why men are seem to be attacking these women because that it it is like an attack. Like it feels to me an attack. Posting this girl's email was a really personal attack on her business. Like Mm -hmm. she was being a businesswoman and she was totally valid to ask for that. The other thing for the ice cream man in particular i don't believe him like when you really think about this scenario i don't believe him because what influencer is asking for a free four dollar ice cream cone i like in exchange for an instagram i mean instagram posts are like typically with a blogger who's been blogging for a long time their rates are much higher than a four dollar instagram and it's not (laughs) something that someone would ask for trade it's just that's unbelievable to me so for him i think it was just uh trying to go viral um, which he did, so he mm-hmm. got what he wanted. Right. Um, but I do think there is a stigma against influencers because it it from the outside it can appear to be a very like narcissistic career choice. I get that, mm-hmm. but it's a legitimate job for a lot of people. Right. Yeah, and it has a lot of benefits and it can really inspire people and. 
some influencers may be just taking pictures of pink walls. Other influencers may be trying to change things for the better. Right. You can't really categorize, put everyone under one umbrella. And <clears throat> I just think that there needs to be more respect for this career choice because it's so, it's such hard work. It's harder. It's yeah. harder than when I worked in a social media agency. It's harder than, you know, than a lot of things that a lot of career choices I could have gone down where, you know, I clocked out at five and was done for the day and then had my weekends off. I work every waking hour. I'm pretty right. much working. Yeah. And you're an entrepreneur. And I think that some people just resent that. They resent that because they think it's easy in their heads. They think, oh, that's all you do is take mm -hmm. pictures of yourself and you make yeah. a ton of money. It's not really like that. It's a lot of work. So yeah. I just, that's a conversation that gets me heated. I think because it does look like a highlight reel of your life, people forget that it's hard to put that yeah. highlight reel together. They're just like, oh, this is just what she looks like all the time. She just snaps and posts it. And like, no. Yeah. No, it's not like that at all. And then, you know, you need to provide value. And then if you're working on other businesses or other things, you know, it's just never ending. So yeah. there is a point where some people need to have respect for the industry and not like this ice cream guy who thinks that people are begging for a $4 cone. Right. Because they're not. I don't understand that. A $4 yeah. cone, really? It's like crazy. I he's like he actually when I started researching it, he's gone viral before, and it's like something he likes. So, I mean, as a marketing move, it was genius. I mean, he wants from to be a influencer. Yeah, I said that's what I said. I was like, this is like what he's doing is like great influencer. Like you're a great influencer. You've got yeah. clickbait. You've got you know all the yeah. things. Yeah. So any press is good press, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Have you experienced anything like that, though, firsthand? Like somebody who was like, oh, you're just a blogger, an influencer. I haven't, like, had, like, any, like, brand, like, turn me down. Like, oh, like, no such thing as a free lunch. Which, when you're reaching out, by the way, to say a hotel like that one influencer, you're not asking for a free lunch. You're providing them with, like, valuable advertising. So, yeah. That's frustrating in itself. I haven't had anything like that happen because I, I, I mean, you have to know your audience. So it's like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna reach out to a bed and breakfast and be like, "Would you like right. to work on a collaboration?" Because they're a small business. Like you right. wouldn't ask them for that. Um, so I think that there's like a responsibility for influencers to know who they're approaching. But mm -hmm. the only like hate that I get is when I'm out taking photos and people like love to hate on that. For oh me, my god. Yes, I get that all the time. Like comments, like, oh, what's your Instagram? Or like, just right. like, and I'm like, you know, they're just being kind of nasty. Yeah. Um, or like drive-bys, like, yeah, girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they're being nice. Like, I don't please know. Please just let me take this picture in peace. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, trust me, I'm hot. I want to stop too. So keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when I hate when some random person comes. Up, I'm like, oh, do you want a picture of the two of you together? And it's like, no, you oh my literally God, see what is happening here, right? That <laughs> happens all the time. It's seriously, I'm like, no, thank you. And then they look at me like I am like the most self-centered person yes. in the world. And I'm like, like no, we're, we're like in the back of a gas station. This isn't like a romantic moment where we need a yeah. photo together. I know. <laughs> just for an outfit. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, though. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just say yes, just to like, so I don't have to deal with it. And then I'll yeah. have a cute picture of Zach and I. Oh, my God, at a gas station. At a gas station. <laughs> That'll be perfect for your wedding. 
Yeah, honestly, you know what would be cute (laughs) if you just said yes every time somebody said that while he's out taking your picture and do a collection of it. (laughs) I need to. (laughs) That's a a great idea. I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, let's switch gears and talk about fashion kush. So, a brief background. Let's talk about how weed, marijuana changed your life because you spoke a lot about anxiety and i just yes is that kind of how you used it i mean treat? i started smoking weed like the same age as other kids which is well actually i yeah. shouldn't generalize that i live in california right. so uh, i mean there's people <laughs> all over the world but in california in my high school people start smoking weed at like 16 or 17 so back right. then obviously i wasn't like oh there's benefits to this i was like i'm just a kid You're just getting high um, yeah, I'm just trying to get high and be a kid. As now, now as an adult, it's obviously different. I'm not smoking out of an apple and like yeah. whatever a, a freaking Paps Blue Ribbon can, empty PBR. Oh I'm God. like you know smoking weed like an adult with a joint. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it definitely has a very good effect on me with my anxiety. Anxiety is a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy the feeling of being a little bit high, but I am a responsible functioning stoner is what I call it. Like I'm not (laughs) on the couch, like couch locked with like a box of cereal, like pouring it down my throat. (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm working and I'm productive and weed actually only makes me more productive. So I'm lucky in that sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's so nice. Yeah, and it's it helps amazingly with my anxiety, and I think that, you know, I love talking about it because it's not – it's from the earth. It's a flower. Yeah, like, yeah it's a plant. You know, it's a plant. Like, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah, not yeah. like fentanyl. Yeah, it's not like I'm like, oh, fentanyl patches help me really productive. <laughs> I'm like – no, like, you know, I'm like, this is a plant. Like, it's not a big deal. So I'm happy that it's legal and everyone's talking yeah. about it because, you know, of course, for many years, I didn't post on Instagram that I smoke weed because, God forbid, anyone thinks I'm a lazy stoner. But now yeah. that it's legal and, like, people are talking about it, well, I actually started talking about the fact I smoke weed before it was legal. Mm-hmm. But, like, as the stigma became shattered, because it's a rebel. Like, whatever such a rebel but I, I mean that's what I was really scared of was that it was illegal mm-hmm. um, and I was talking about it so I talked about it less but once it came legal I was like okay cat's out of the bag like yeah. let's smoke a joint on Instagram yeah. stories but I just think that I just think that it's such a silly thing for there to be a stigma around and I'm so for happy sure. that that stigma is being shattered and I will do my part to further shatter that stigma yeah I mean the fact that it was ever a class one or the same class as many other like hardcore crazy drugs. It's insane yeah. yeah insane it's like what class one is like heroin like heroin <laughs> weed. like no that's a crazy <laughs> one you can od and die the other one you just get hungry and sleepy that's it yeah <laughs> unless you've been smoking for 10 years and then you don't get like any no, i'm just kidding <laughs> you don't get anything you know then you nothing happens yeah <laughs> see i'm the opposite i get couch lock but i don't smoke that much well, yeah, and, like, people who don't smoke that much, like, I mean, you hear it. I hear two things. It's like, oh, my God, it makes me so lazy and, like, hungry and all of these things. What do mm-hmm. I do? And then I hear, like, it makes me paranoid and crazy. And so my yeah. my answer to, like, the first one is, like, 
make sure you only have healthy snacks in your house because yeah. if you don't smoke a lot of weed and like you smoke too much like yeah you're gonna be hungry and like lazy so make sure you have healthy snacks so yeah. that causes your problem with the munchies you just munch on fruit yeah. and i mean it's all about the type of weed so like sativa Everyone who says weed makes me anxious, you're smoking sativa and you shouldn't be. Everyone who says weed makes me fall into the couch and eat my face off, you're smoking indica and you shouldn't be. So Mm. I always smoke like an indica dominant hybrid. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's great. You're coming out with your own weed line, right? Well, it's not going to be actual flower and I can't openly talk about the product yet. Okay. But there will be a product that will be geared towards women and weed and shattering the stigma. And it'll be amazing. Um, The the brand is Fashion Kush, so the brand is already launched. Um, And we, our main product won't be launching for a while because it's in production. But we will start launching products very shortly Mm -hmm. to start getting the word out there. What is it like working with your mom? Because your mom is like your partner in this whole venture. She is, and it's great working with my mom. My mom's my best friend, and she also smokes weed. Uh-huh. Uh, we all smoke weed. So <laughs> the family that smokes together stays together. Yes. Uh, yeah, so she it's great working with her. She's got a really creative vision. Um, she has a different way of looking at things. I mean, she's a graphic designer from the 80s so it's amazing. a little different she does some graphic design and she does all that but she did it in a different generation like she basically if blogging was popular when my mom was my age she would have been like been the top blogger in the world yeah. she would have been top blogger in the world yeah um but it's fun working with her now and like it's exciting to see her kind of get the wheels turning and be in this industry and um it's also great because i'm i don't have a business partner who's going to be like well, let me put in my opinion on running an Instagram ad because she doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. So when it comes to the executive decisions, I have full reign, you know, she's not going to be like overbearing with like her ways on internet marketing. So yeah. at least I get that full trust. Yeah. Do, I mean, how do you, how do you like negotiate or not negotiate, but I guess split up the task of being co-business owners. What do you do other than internet marketing and what does she do? Well, I do all of the internet stuff, and she does any of the annoying stuff that involves, like, getting in the car or talking on the phone to anybody. <laughs> so, like, like business paperwork. licenses, paperwork, <laughs> business licenses, filing, getting a bank account, all of that at side, she does. <laughs> and then everything else that involves the computer, I do, and then she's, like, you know, a second set of eyes. The fun, creative shit goes yeah. to Erica. It really works out in my favor. Mom, if you're listening, I love you. You're great. Oh, a total win-win for just one of you. <laughs> yes, it's great. I love this situation. I don't have to do anything. I mean, I get to do the stuff I'm so, like, I'm already good at and I'm already doing on the regular, and then she gets to do all the stuff I really don't like doing, which she likes doing. So yeah. it works out. She likes doing it. that kind of stuff. I couldn't imagine getting into business with my mom, but the fact that you guys are, like, so close-knit and, like, you guys see the same vision. Yeah, I mean, it's really been a blessing. So, it's cool because she's, like, the cool mom. Yeah, so it's fun I love that. that. I yeah. love that so much. She's a hoot. <laughs> she is a hoot. Okay, before we wrap the show, we do a segment every single week called Weekly uh-huh. Weakness, and it's your favorite product or TV show, or movie, or song, or anything, or like a book, what is your favorite product 
this week? Okay, my favorite product this week that I am obsessed with is Peach and Lily's Glass Skin Serum. I'm obsessed with it. Ooh, I love a skincare product. Okay, what is it Yes, it's called Peach and Lily, and it's their glass skin. My dog is barking again. I'm sorry. Howard? Howard? Oh, my God. It's Peach and Lily. Howard. So it's the Peach and Lily Glass Skin Serum, Mm -hmm. and it's like a peach extract peptide complex, and it makes your skin literally look like glass. And it has improved my skin so much, and the ingredients are all clean and non-pore clogging, which is hard to find. So it's a really amazing product. My skin is so much better than it has been in a while. Yeah, I need it. I I recently went off of birth control after being Mm -hmm. on it for nonstop for like over a decade, and my skin is freaking out. Oh well, you need to get this. Everyone needs to get it. I swear, it's the best product I've used in a long time. Thank you so much, Erica. Before we leave, tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find my blog at www.fashionlush.com for all my real good content. That's where all the real good content goes. <laughs> and then you can find me on Instagram at fashionlush or my other account at fashionkush. Mm-hmm. And you can check out our blog design company at blog. Do. blog do the og the og the og i'm going to link all of that below in the show notes for you guys honestly me and erica we go way way back to 2013 because yes. i hired her and her friend lauren to design my blog i love nicole nam and that name stuck forever and ever i love it <laughs> i love it i love nicole nam too i love erica stolman hello <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on thank you that was so fun bye everybody bye i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with erica stolman of fashion lush and fashion kush so i will leave her instagram fashion kush's instagram and her blog website down in the show notes below and if you guys enjoyed this episode and found it valuable or entertaining or both hopefully both (laughs) go ahead and leave me a five star rating and hit that subscribe button and i will catch you guys next friday on vibing and valentino have a great weekend be safe and i'll talk to you guys soon bye